Middle cough. Hey, be tradey hapes. I feel like uh, Chris Long probably felt walking back into the Chiefs building, John, after a year off. Body revived, re-energized after what happened on Friday. Feeling good. Not that I was low energy. I don't think you were low energy, but you just... We're a month. Monday is a month until the NFL draft, and we got a whole new lease on the NFL draft. I don't know about you. You know, you spent the weekend vacationing in uh, Napa Valley. <laughs> yeah, you Good played. Life. You played uh, thirty-six holes of golf this weekend. Uh, not well. I, it, every I would say hour or two, it just kind of hits me. They're like, "This is fucking badass," and I, <laughs> people don't realize. I mean, I think people, smart people, realize. Like, listen. I want the Niners to win because it's better for us. I just want cool shit to constantly happen that make this job that we do yeah. interesting. Like, I, I know we can figure it out slow times. We've done it. We fucking started a YouTube channel. It's going pretty well in Corona. But I love when actual cool shit happens. And that, which is the biggest trade in the history of the, fr- of the franchise on paper. It's like, as you said, like Howie Roseman, when he got Carson Wentz, did not trade... Two ones, including the one you flip-flop, so it would be a total of three. Yep. It was only just the one extra one. This is a just... It's just a massive... I, my DMs guy were just full of people like, bro, I'm not a big Niner guy, but holy fuck, that's crazy. And it's just it's just a crazy... It's a pretty historic... I think anytime... I'm not trying to like overhype this thing, but anytime that people trade a shitload to move up weeks before... It's kind of unprecedented territory. Yeah, it's like, I think back to your original point about why we love it when this stuff happens. Imagine this is all a movie. Every big thing that's cool is an explosion. And when there's a big explosion on the screen, it gets your eyeballs to the screen and your attention and your attention and your ears and your eyeballs. Is or what we're or what we're out here fighting for, John, in these streets where the competition what, what is was the, the world. Night, what was the Saturday Night Live character, the movie he did about the explosions? Remember that movie? Cool guys McGruber? don't look at explosions. Uh, McGruber? Yeah. Yeah. Was he a Saturday Night Live character? Magruder or McGruber? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Cool guys don't look at explosions. Well, that cool guys don't look at explosions was a Lonely Island song unrelated to McGruber. It was a Saturday Night Live connection. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Cool guys don't look at explosions. They blow things up and then walk away. Who's got time to watch an explosion? There's there's cool guys, something, something that they got to walk to. That's what it feels like. (laughs) There's a fucking enormous explosion of like. The biggest warehouse you can think of just blew up, and we're just walking right yeah, towards our computers and our fire. Mics. Except we walk towards the explosion, not away from the. Explosion. Like it would have been cool, you know, if it was like the Arizona Cardinals or Dallas Cowboys or whatever. But if I had to pay my own money for it to be a team, I would have paid for it to be the team that made the move. I would have right. paid my own money for them to do that, just for my own business, right? Because yeah, you would have got the money it, back in this podcast. Yeah, it's like Harvey Levin, you know, Harvey or Levine or whatever the dude that runs TMZ. Levin, like he's yeah. been paying for stories. And eventually he realized, like, God, this is worth it, right? Yep. It's like, damn, I get to break all this news. I make all this money. I'll, I'll pay $100,000 for the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if there was an airport where NFL trades landed, we would be at that airport at the baggage claim with our, our cameras and our microphones. <laughs> yes. I would have been so happy when I saw that. I, I was so happy. I'm just gl- I'm glad it happened strictly for my content, you know, because <laughs> as we'll talk about, Pretty risky, guy. There's uh, there's there's risk reward in this, and the risk, if you just look historically, 
is pretty fucking risky. You're damn right it's risky, but we worry about that bill comes due, you know, later. Right now, we got a month of this, John. Uh, By the way, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are going to talk to the media on Monday at 1 o'clock Pacific. As soon as they're done, we're going to go live on YouTube. Yeah, this one could be interesting. This one could be good. I I thought about going, do we go go live as they're talking? It's just us sitting there watching these guys talk, but we'll play it. That's a little too much sitting and watching. Um, so don't forget about the YouTube channel. Don't forget about the mailbag. This weekend, the mailbag was YouTube only. We took it off of the Twitter, off the um, uh, podcast feed because we had the emergency podcast go up, and so we didn't want it to get too uh, crowded there. But go to iTunes, leave us a question in the mailbag, or leave us a question in your review, and that's how you put in a mailbag question. Podcast brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Guy, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. We're recording this. I'm looking up. The Trojans are killing the Ducks. Oh. Do you see any chance? Let me repeat. Any chance? Upset City, Elite Eight, USC Trojans, Gonzaga Bulldogs? Are they the Bulldogs? They are. Uh, absolutely, I do, John. This is, uh, this is, this is I mean, look, the, the, this is the season of the pack. This is the year of the Pac-12. Year of the Tiger. Year of the Pac-12. But in all seriousness, like, USC looks pretty fucking good. USC, look... USC has, I thought Oregon would, I liked Oregon and two points. I thought Oregon was going to win this game. USC has something, and I've said it a few times, even though I said I thought Oregon would win today, Sunday night. USC has something that nobody else has, which is basically two seven athletic seven-footers to protect the rim. Gonzaga is the number one two-point shooting team in the nation. USC is the number one two-point field goal percentage defense in the country. Isaiah Mobley gets underrated at 6'10", Evan's older brother. Um, so they're very unique in that way. But they've got to score the way they're scoring here. Like this is, they're a top 15 offense, but Oregon typically plays a better pace. The basketball people I talk with, John, the, the, like the, 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 the real, the, the, the people, the players that were in it, they don't think you can slow Gonzaga down that you have to score with them. But yeah, I don't... I would imagine my guess, if I were to guess that line, USC has not beaten Oregon yet. A uh, long way to go in that game, but my guess would be Gonzaga. I think they were, what were they 12? against Creighton? Do you remember? I think like four, 14. Yeah. I, see, I wouldn't be shocked if it was like nine, nine and a half. Yeah. What about, what do you think about the Beavs? The Beavers guy are scorching hot against Mr. Text Message, Kelvin Sampson. Eight points, guy, plus eight. But here's what I like. Plus 285 underdog. I mean, when's the last time the Oregon State lost? A month uh, ago? Yeah, the to, to to Oregon on the last Sunday of the regular season. Um, I think they're eight-point underdogs against Tennessee. I think they're eight-point underdogs against Oklahoma State. I think they're eight-point underdogs against Loyola. It's been around there for all of their games. So, okay, they, I mean, I, I, like I didn't – I'd be lying. Didn't see one basket of the Loyola-Oregon State game. Oh, I watched the whole thing. From the rooftop at the Archer Hotel in downtown Napa, John. Incredible setup on the roof. Highly recommend it. People out and about? Yes, people were. (laughs) And we went to breakfast that morning, and we asked our bartender at the breakfast place, do you know any place with outdoor TV? Because that game was like at 1130. So it was a perfect midday, warm. He said, go to the the Archer Hotel, rooftop bar, TVs. It was perfect. Kind of right on the river there? Uh, Yeah, not far. It's it's like that hotel's right downtown. You know, all of that is basically right yeah, on the river. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, from the rooftop, you got a whole view of Napa Valley. But uh didn't matter to me. I had blinders on for the basketball they, game. But they kicked their ass, right? I mean, they beat them pretty handily. 
Uh, it was a pretty competitive game. Yeah, they, it, it was a good game. Was they win by double digits? I don't remember what the final score was. You know, there's always a bunch of free throws at the end. But Arkansas Baylor is actually a pretty good game. Eric Musselman kind of getting, uh, I guess, Indiana just hired a coach, huh? Who they hire? Uh, uh, Mike Woodson. <laughs> Mike Woodson. Really? He's Yeah, he's an Indiana guy, you know, the former okay. Knicks coach. Got it. So Musselman, I guess, could still be in the mix for the Texas job. But Baylor's probably the second best team in the in the tournament. Arkansas seven and a half. That's a lot of points. Arkansas is pretty good. Yeah, that is a lot of points. So you want to get your gamble on mybookie.ag. I play, I play golf with our buddy Hawkins today. He said he already put a little money down on Tony Finau for the Masters in two weeks. I love it. You know what I think? I think this is the week Tony wins next week when the Masters is on a week from Thursday. Yeah, mybookie.ag. Get your gamble on promo code HAM1. Okay, John. Peter King has reported that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan will attend Mac Jones's extra pro day on Tuesday, while Adam Peters, 49ers front office, uh, actually elevated the GM, right, is going to attend the Ohio State Justin Fields pro day. And this all comes at the same time that people kind of spent the weekend saying the opposite of what you and I said on Friday, which was, you know, Mac Jones would be good for the Niners, including Kyle Shanahan's good friend, Chris Sims. Now, I have to tell you, if I'm the 49ers right now, I've got a month until the draft. Monday is a month until the draft. They have a month. I would be holding my breath because they're not drafting second. They're drafting third. And maybe they think they know what the Jets will do. Maybe they know what the Jets think they're going to do. But until they are on the clock, they have to be holding their breath. I view this smokescreen. I saw Dan Orlovsky. I had to look it up because it didn't even sound right when I thought about it. But he he also said Mac Jones. He played for Kyle for a year in Houston. I was like, did he play for the Browns? Why didn't he play for Kyle? He didn't play in the Niners. And I looked, he played for Houston for a year. He thought that Mac Jones, like he reiterated that he thought that would also be a good fit. Like that does have a lot of people on edge. And, and rightfully so. My personal belief is you can't take Mac Jones at number three overall. But like... There's two ways to look at this. You can say that they're doing a smokescreen, like they're trying to throw a curveball here and trying to make everyone think they're all in on Mac Jones because the Mac Jones snowball is flying down the hill and it went from a little snowball. It does feel like an avalanche right now. And I think this now feels like the avalanche is unstoppable when they go, the casual fan is like, well, you got two options. You go see Justin Fields or you go see Mac Jones and when you said, you know, uh, or maybe Peter split the baby or whatever, to me, splitting the baby is like John goes to one, Kyle goes to the other. Not Adam. I don't know if he's a GM. He's got one of those titles as president, vice president, like six different times. You know, it's like vice president of the president. Of, I was like, I, he's just whatever. V, yeah, you're assistant general manager. I thought he got a VP of player personnel. I, I thought, think he just got his like seventh race. Oh, OK. Uh, I, th- I thought he got a new title with that. He we'll might have to get him on the podcast sometime. Maybe we'll, after the draft, get his opinion on some of these players. Assistant me, GM is what he is now. Sending him to Ohio State and sending those two does feel like, well, are, are those two doing this on purpose? Or are they going there? And as we talked before we hit record, is like the quarterback collective, What I, I'm still not exactly sure what that is. It's like this camp that Kyle puts on with all these other sweet coaches. Justin Fields has been at. There's We know for a fact... Kyle Shanahan and Justin Fields, first name basis, they've met, they've been around each other. I think it's fair to say, because just a year ago, I mean, halfway through the season last year, when Tua was healthy, 
unless you're like now Alabama's fan base is massive, so they knew who Mac Jones was. I said people in the SEC probably knew who their backup quarterback was. The casual football fan had never heard of Mac Jones, right? And then a year later, even coming into this season, I'd say Mac Jones was viewed as like probably a mid-round prospect or whatever. Now he is just viewed as a top 10 player. It's not crazy to think those two guys, if they, especially Kyle, has met Justin Fields, you would want to go meet Mac Jones, right? Just yeah, on a I, due diligence, doing your work, meet the guy. Now it's, it's very possible, as we're all talking about, they are, they won't, they should, or they shouldn't, that they've never even talked to him until Tuesday. Well, I don't think Kyle more than likely ever has, right? Unless he, he's had no, him at some camp or something. There was no combine. Uh, they're just... He's not. He was an underclassman, so he there was he wasn't at the Senior Bowl. Kyle didn't even go to the Senior Bowl. I I just think it's fair. Maybe Kyle's like, can we meet the guy? Now I do think there's a huge element of fucking with everybody, and as as you would know, and I think people on the outside have learned over these last couple of years is, you know, you can play the media like a fiddle here, and I, I think it behooves you in draft time. To just, especially when you're, I, I, I think at like 15, like who really cares? I think sometimes it's overvalued. Like, you know, what what are like uh, the Raiders doing at 19? It's like, well, there's 18 other options. There's so much other going on. But at like one, two, three, and I'm not even trying to shit on the Raiders. But it, it does, like the, the the Niners don't control their own destiny, right? So could the Jets trade with somebody? You know, who knows? Like you, you want people to view your operation as taking Mac Jones, because I think it's fair to say no one else will want Mac Jones over the other like four guys. Yes, you want Atlanta. Let's just say a specific team name. You want Atlanta, who's drafting fourth, to think, because I think they would scare me because they'd be an easy team for the Jets to trade with. You want Atlanta, who's drafting fourth, to think they don't have to move ahead of you if they want to draft a quarterback. But what if they were taking Zach Wilson? Like, is it fair to is it okay to assume that Trevor Lawrence is just out of the picture? Right, he's going one. We all know it. Urban Meyer admitted so. Not that he needed to to Peter King. If you just had the board rank for the Niners, there might be a chance that Zach Wilson is not their number one quarterback on the non Trevor Lawrence group. Right? Yeah. Maybe it's Trey Lance. And, and let's say, let's use Trey Lance as an example. If Trey Lance is your guy, you by no means want that out because, like you said, what if Atlanta loves Trey Lance too? And, and the Jets were open-minded. They're like, shit, we're going to keep Sam Darnold, trade back to four, get an extra two, and boom, we're get Panay Sewell and an extra second. Or, right? or maybe, they like, maybe they like Fields. Maybe they think you like Lance and they like Fields. Whatever. I don't know. But you just – I would be on the edge of my seat for a month if I'm then because you have paid the price here. And, yeah, maybe there's two guys you like. Maybe there's two. And so maybe you'll end up with one of those guys. I don't know. But I, I, I do believe they are confident that they're going to get the guy they like, but there is still some unknown as long as the Jets situation is up in the air, regardless what they've even told the Niners brass, right? Yeah. Yep. Because Again, they might have told you something, but it's a month before the draft. So right now, all that is is what they think they're going to do. It's not what they've done. Until they've done it, you're not on the clock and your guy is still at risk. Well, I'll give you the other curveball, too. Like, let's say the Jets are like, yeah, we're pretty certain we're going to take Zach Wilson and trade Sam Darnold, but we're still internally having these discussions. On the other line is the Dolphins. Like, 
hey, John, Parag, Kyle, uh, we're either going to do this now or we're not going to do it, right? So you like, what are you going to do? Well, we're, we're waiting for Robert Sala to really give us his plans. Like, hey, the deal's on the table now. We got to trade with the Eagles. We're going to be able to move it. We'll do it right now. But you got 30 minutes or so we're not moving. Here's, right? here's Yes. And here's the other thing. Tell me if I'm crazy on this. We just saw Deshaun Watson was going to hold out or be on another team. And now it's like, who knows if he's going to play football. We got a month. I don't know if somebody's going to get in a scooter accident. I don't know if somebody's going to get hurt at their pro day. I don't, I don't know. I don't, it hasn't nothing. It hasn't happened yet, which all this sounds crazy. Unless it's your money sitting there. Like every team that wins a game that you almost bet on, it's obvious unless it's your $5,000 sitting on the game, unless it's your life savings, then it's, they put their life savings into this trade, John. That's what they did. Their life savings. So, uh, yeah, you want as many people to not know what you're doing. Now, look, here's the one thing I'll say that's different than what I said Friday. If they like Mac Jones the best, then that's who they should draft. Now, we think there are things that Kyle has said that would lead us to believe he would like a more athletic quarterback. We think that he should like a more athletic quarterback. We think if you're going to pay this premium that you wouldn't have had to go up to this point to get Mac Jones, right? You could have paid maybe a lesser price, not gone as high, and gotten this guy. But if that's who they like the most, then that's that's what you should do. I'm, I'm going to read you a text. I, I, I was reaching out to a guy who's like a, a college director, scouting director in the NFL, who's done Alabama and just the main schools for years, knows all the top guys. I said, would three be insane? Again, this is when the Mac Jones... Probably like late Friday, maybe even Saturday when it's like, they're taking Mac Jones. That's what it felt like on the internet. Uh, I said, would three be insane? He said, there is no such thing as reaching for a quarterback. You either think he's a good starter or he's a backup. There's not a middle ground with quarterbacks. You either take him, you take him at one or you wouldn't take him. You shoot your bullet, whatever your pick is. And it's kind of true, right? There is a value to like, like, for example, if you're the Jets, you're like, I'll keep Sam Darnold. I'll take Panay Sewell at two, but if I get back to four or five and I can still get him, like there's with a quarterback, if you think he's your guy, and this is, listen, I don't, but if Kyle does, does it matter if you take him at one, if you take him at seven, if you take him at three? No, it does not. That's back to what you say about Mac Jones. I think the thing that makes everyone nervous is like, there is, it's not, it's not possible. His upside is not comparable to these other guys. I watched some Trey Lance YouTubes today. The guy was fucking running around like he's Odo Beckham Jr. Yeah, I mean, his upside's not. But like, what are the? If I told you you got three quarterbacks, the least athletically superior of the three happened to be at Alabama, won a national title, almost won the Heisman, or was a uh, one of the leaders for the he- finalists for the Heisman, whatever. If I just laid that scenario out for you, you'd go. It seems reasonable. It's. He's, I wouldn't bet on him, but it's possible that guy turns out to be the third, the best quarterback of a group of three when one of them played a game at North Dakota. State? State, yeah. And I mean, Tebow won the Heisman. Johnny Manziel won the Heisman. Yeah, yeah, the no. Heisman I, I, the Heisman is not the tr- – I'm just saying, like, if if in that scenario, I I almost it, feel it, like – It feel he, like he's risking his life savings when he could bet in a fi- bet on a Facebook or Uber and he's putting it in, like, a low-return ETF. It, it'd feel it, – it'd be a pretty big letdown, I think. Uh, well, I agree. I'm just saying if he And it'd be a pretty big indictment on, like, the way he views – like, what he said about Josh Allen wouldn't be true. Yeah, unless he doesn't think that either one of these guys is Josh Allen. But he then might- he would think – he would think – I was listening to some podcast over the weekend, and they had a good point, like – if I just tell you this guy's Matt Ryan, that's actually not terrible. But like, do people really want to watch Matt Ryan for the next decade? Well, watch or not, I mean, Matt Ryan's an MVP. One year. So he's an MVP. 
He'd happen one. Like Cam won. Yeah, one. I'm just saying. Like he was an. Kyle He's also Shanahan had a lot of shitty years. To his heights. He's also had a lot of shitty years, though. Okay, if I told you they just drafted Matt Ryan, they traded three ones for Matt Ryan, you'd go. Odds are Kyle Shanahan signing a contract extension. Yeah, I, I, I would say the likelihood that Mac Jones is Matt Ryan probably feels slim to know. I'm not saying he is. I'm saying. If that that's suck. what happened. I, I, he traded three first know, rounders. Now we're I, just don't think, I just don't think he traded three first I, rounders I, for Matt look, Ryan. Though. I agree. I agree. But the idea that like it's crazy that he thinks Mac Jones will turn in the best NFL quarterback of the group. I don't think he's taking Mac. But I also don't think it's like the most insane thing ever that he thinks Mac Jones is going to be better than Trey Lance. Well, his, his argument would be like, I thought this guy's going to be a star quarterback, I guess. <laughs> and he wouldn't be there at 12. So it cost you three first rounders. Yeah, and a third? you would say, like, we'll go to six. A- Howie's always willing to trade. <laughs> yeah, that's where it would. No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't, look, I don't think There'd I be think a lot, a lot of holes. This- there'd be a lot of holes in their logic to trade up this early for Mac Jones. I think a lot of this Mac Jones stuff is not real. I'm not buying it. I, I don't think I they draft him. I, I would agree. And, you know, when everyone goes, well, Chris Sims is saying and they're best friends. Yeah, exactly. Well, you, you know, you know why you don't want it that's, out. He like, want Chris what, Sims, Mac Joe. That's who they want you to think they're drafting. Let's just say the name. Let's use Trey Lance for his example. You know who wanted no part of it getting out that they were taking Patrick Mahomes. Now, granted, they didn't trade up till draft night or Deshaun Watson. Like I never heard that Bill O'Brien was in love with Deshaun Watson, and then boom, they just traded up and got him. Right? Or same with Mahomes. Trey Lance. There are probably three or four teams who are like fuck. I want Trey Lance. Right? I'm just using him as an example. I don't think that many people are like. God, we got to get up and get our guy Mac Jones. So if you get you yeah. leave it out there that it's Mac Jones, you're kind of just everyone's just not really paying attention to you anymore. Hey, I, you know that's what where I, I think going like, to the pro day really hammers that home. And I also think then you get into people's heads like they start overthinking it. <laughs> I saw Chris Biederman tweet. He had a good tweet. He's like, the idea that anything's going to happen at this pro day that's going to swing them one way or the other, it's not right. I think they're going there to meet the kid and probably take him out to dinner or have lunch with him. Because like, that, that's got a chance to be a story by Wednesday that they had dinner with Mac Jones. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say that would just lead to more of this, like, oh, my, is he really doing it? <laughs> I love that it just immediately became like, this guy, this is exactly who Kyle would love. It's like, that's the old because Kyle. Because it is, guy. Because it is. It is the, the one Kyle. guy. We've talked about it forever. And he's the one guy that doesn't have anything in common with Justin Fields is running a 4-3. I'm watching Trey Lance. He's like juking and running over guys. Mac Jones has nothing in common with those guys. Not a thing. He, but when I think Kyle Shannon, I think Matt Ryan, Matt Schaub, Kirk Cousins, I see Mac Jones. That, that's why I think a lot of people believe it. It is believable. It right? is. It it's is. very believable, it honestly. Is. It is. It absolutely is. I'll still be surprised if that's what happens. Will you be surprised? I, I, I'm I, well, no, I'm just taking an information. And uh, right now, no, because Kyle's in control. Kyle's the guy that gave the go ahead for the picks. And I just, if he believe, like, he really believed in Kirk Cousins. Yeah, like, well, and, again, and honestly, if he really believes in this guy, then that's who you take. Kirk Cousins was a fourth round pick. Well, then there's a, there's a big difference between that and taking a guy third overall. But I don't think he liked Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins was value. That's not why he loved Kirk Cousins. Well, that's why I don't want my coaches running the draft because they trade three first round picks for Kirk Cousins. All right, we got a month to uh, stress about this. This is big as it gets for Kyle Shanahan slash head coach slash GM. Taking a huge swing, John. Well, back to the Mac thing. Regardless who you pick, his career 
this is a career defining moment. This is a career defining moment for any franchise, but it's a career defining moment for the guy at the top of the food chain because ultimately you need someone to give the thumbs up, right? Like the RG three trade and the acquisition that, that they were a part of, that didn't that stink didn't hold with the Shanahan's, right? Because it was clear it's like yeah they didn't even like him they wanted the other guy, but like the Wentz and Howie and the Eagles like that. That was their thing. They went all in, and it utterly failed. Whether it was Doug's fault, whether it was Carson's fault, whether it was Howie's fault, whether it was Jeffrey Lurie's fault, whether it was Alshon Jeffrey's fault, I don't know. But it was like, they, that's where they did. And I, we were talking before the podcast, like, in the history of these players, we're not talking like the whole draft. We're talking like top 10 players, and really top five players. When you look at the last half decade, half decade like, the, there's no middle ground. Kirk Cousins, even Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, those guys do not come from the top five. Dak Prescott, like, I'm, I'm just talking the quarterbacks from, like, 10 to 20. Most of the, the really good ones are high picks, right? Peyton Manning, Tom Brady's an outlier, but even, you know, Rodgers was a first-round pick. But, like, Mahomes now, Watson, a lot of the young, Josh Allen, Lamar, I guess Lamar fell, but first-round picks. They're just really good. And then there's just Sam Darnold's kind of been a disaster. Whether his fault or, no, or not, we don't know. Josh Rosen. Baker is kind of the guy in the middle ground. I got to see another year after some people watch him. Like In my Mariota. defense, I pointed out Baker. Yeah, that was, it was a good one because it kind of put a hole in I my I tried argument. to put a hole in the argument. Well, Goff, Wentz, like those guys. What about Jameis? It's weird. Well, J- Jameis was a disaster first round pick. He's not on your team. Like, if Jameis just turned into Josh Allen, they wouldn't have had to sign Brady, and they just would have been a powerhouse without him, right? Like, it ultimately worked out because fucking Tom Brady wanted to come there. But Jameis was a failure. He was a number one overall pick, and he's on, he was a backup. Like, that was a... Mariota was a second overall pick. His fucking career got derailed. Like, if, if they draft... And, and I know you feel like it's impossible for it to happen with Kyle, but it's like, Jameis was around Bruce Arians, and he threw 45 fucking picks. You know, no, Carson, Wentz was, Carson Wentz played for a guy who outcoached Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl, and the whole thing just crumbled. And I think part of this, and I get back to what Drew Brees said a long time ago. It, let's just let's just pretend it's not Mac Jones, it's Trey Lance or Justin Fields, a dude with a ton of upside, ton of physical attributes. The thing that really defines quarterbacks in the league is as much as it is like you know completions and touchdowns and making plays. It's also just Remember Carson Palmer told me this a couple years ago is like the one thing he missed in retirement was just every day walking in that building in Arizona and just knowing like everyone was depending on him. And it, but it, even for him, like he could have used Cincinnati too. He was like that as the number one overall pick. There is just a pressure that comes along. Like even Mahomes and Watson in a weird way, because they were 10th and 12th, it didn't quite feel like, like Jameis and Mariota and Wentz and Goff. It was always like they were the first and second picks. There is just a, an elephant in the room and a pressure that everywhere they go, from now on, like we, we've been talking about Derek Carr, you and me, for seven years. It, there's a difference when you're just a later round pick. Now, it comes once you get paid, but those first couple years, like kind of playing with fucking house money. The moment I draft you high, like a Jameis, like a Mariota, like a Goff, like a Wentz, like a whoever the Niners are going to pick. Say, say, Trevor Lawrence, same thing. There is just this intangible thing that you won't truly know that the guy has that could, that to me is how it doesn't work out and how uh, Kyle's career gets fucking derailed. 
is this guy mentally that he might on paper right now, like Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I've read, I've heard both their characters, pristine, high level guys. People love them. I think Justin Fields is known a little more reserved. I, I've heard Trey Lance pretty big alpha, but both of them like people rave about both of them. Mac Jones is uh, basically like Brady off the field. So, I mean, Kyle's going to like that too. But who knows? The moment like that guy starts making big money, the Niners are easily one of the biggest brands in the league. Start putting them on Monday Night Football. Like, does that guy just crumble? You hope not, but you just never truly know. Right? It's not just like, well, Kyle can get him some easy layups. There's just more to it than just, it's like Monday through Sunday for your life. It's hard. Yeah. Well, First of all, a few things. One, I don't think it's a guarantee that Kyle makes the guy makes the guy's floor high. There's only if a player doesn't have it in him, they don't have it in him. In him. That's to what I'm saying. Point, Historically, they're just misses. And right, it's not but, like but good co- good coaches have missed. Sure, but I also think good coaches have missed. But I also think one common thread with quarterbacks drafted at the top of the draft, generally they're going to bad teams. They're going Absolutely. to bad organizations. They're going to bad coaches. And it's hard to find outliers. It's hard to find the guys that can truly overcome that. I mean, even Luck, Luck maybe would have been what he became no matter where he went. But he went to an organization that was really good, that happened to get lucky because they were so bad and be in a position to draft him, right? Like that's, is that all Luck? Maybe it, I mean, when I say Andrew Luck, is was that all Andrew Luck? Maybe, but Andrew Luck did go to a pretty high level organization, as it turned. Well, when out, he showed right? up, they had Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis, Reggie Wayne. Like they had some players there, and then immediately they made the play. I, yeah. I think so, a better example it would be like Wentz, where they had kind of fallen on some hard times, but they were like seven and nine, like his first year, like they were kind of close, you know. Yeah, I and think Wentz is a pretty high I think, level organization. But 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 I would say like this is where Kyle comes into play. Wentz, the Wentz situation is a disaster, and it clearly was not just a Wentz situation because the, the, he's not just out the door. The coach is out the door, right? Doug Peterson's gone. Like, my question would be if Kyle Shanahan's end up ends up with a Wentz whose ceiling is really high and whose floor is really low, like, that's an example of a guy where I, I don't – my hope would be my theory is that it never quite gets as bad as it got in Philly with Carson Wentz if he's playing for Kyle Shanahan. So I don't think Kyle's bulletproof. But I also think there's a there's a pretty good chance that even if this guy does not turn into a pro bowler, which is what you need him to be to feel good about trading what you traded for him, that it's also not the end of Kyle's career as the 49ers head coach. That's that's my that's the basic that's my basic response. Now, you're right. History says you're either really good or you're really bad when you're drafted high in the draft. That's what history says. But I think yeah, this that, is that's part where, of... That's where I'm landing. Like I, because I the cousins, the cars, the jimmies, they are never taken in the top five. Now, you're right. There are... Most of the time, the circumstances are they're going to shitty teams. And this is a unique situation with just a pretty high-level coach. But if the guy mentally, even if you think he's... Like Carson Wentz, people thought he was a super high-level guy. And then they found out like three or four years later, he's all up in his feelings. That's There's certain things Kyle can't do about that. Yeah. And it just can derail. And then there's just a pressure from the fan base. And all of a sudden, you win back-to-back years of missing the playoffs. You're like, God, he's only made the playoffs one time in six years. I, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here. Because it just as likely as the guy turns into like a Deshaun Watson, he's really good and everything's kumbaya. But history would show us if it is really bad. Like, I, I think there are kind of two options here. Kyle can kind of become legendary. A little bit like, boom. You could argue Andy was kind of borderline already legendary NFL character, but it took his career to a different stratosphere, right? Hitting that. Like, it can take your career 
if you hit this, yeah, he wasn't a legendary NFL coach before he got Patrick yeah. Mahomes, but he was underappreciated, and I would say great. I thought he was a yeah. great. Well, I mean, it's hard, great. I guess you have to win championships, but I but thought now he was he's going to be known when, be when the dust settles as a great coach, right? He's yeah. going to win a shit ton of games. He probably will. Look at that as one of the best offensive yeah. coaches. That's what I'm saying. Like Kyle, you nail this because because like I said, if you do nail top five picks, the guys become good. Like Matt Ryan is the low end of the good. Right, so you can be a star if you miss, and you just get like, like I don't believe that drafting Trubisky is not possible. Like that might just happen. Like Trubisky was known as a really high level guy, and all of a sudden you can just be overwhelmed because there's a diff. Even coming from Ohio State or even Mac Jones, Alabama, it can be overwhelming. It's it's a it's a completely different fucking level. Now you could. I think Alabama would say, "Really, it is," and I'd be like, "Yeah, maybe not." <laughs> but you know, well, yeah, because Alabama, North Dakota State, it's a different for sure. level in that Alabama's got much better players than everybody around you. Yeah, it's easier in theory. Yeah, in theory, the receivers are but, wide open. But my and all my that. point is, like, there is an opportunity for it to derail Kyle because the guy, if the guy's just, there's only so much you can do as a head coach if the guy's a disaster. And, and here's the other thing, guy. There's a history of coaches in the sport of being bad evaluators. And here's what I know. They're going to take the quarterback. Here's what I know for a, a fact. They're not going to take the... I mean, maybe they all have the same the same ranking. But what Adam Peters' top five ranking is, whoever there is the third pick, whoever he would take, isn't the guy they're necessarily going to take. Whoever John Lynch is, whoever, you know, I guess Martin Mayhew's gone now. Whoever the personnel, the staff, they're going to take whoever Kyle thinks the best. We know that unequivocally. They're going to take the guy who Kyle thinks best. And you could argue that's who they should do. That's true. But I just think historically you go, there's a chance that maybe them and Kyle, because he's taken one quarterback since he's been here. And obviously we'd hope Mac Jones would be light years better in this, but I do think you could see some commonalities in C.J. Beathard and Mac Jones. Right. Yeah, but this Pocket would be to me. This situation is unique because if I were John Lynch, the GM, and I had player personnel control, I would draft the guy that Kyle, my offensive play caller, head coach, wants to draft. So this is to me. This is would one it, spot. But, but here's where I push back. What if you like Kyle? I don't see this. Yeah, I mean, well then, then we got a now, problem. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think you would have thought there would have been a huge argument before we trade up to draft. Like, hey, who are we taking? That's where I get back to. I, you can't convince me that they don't. It's clo- it can't be hundred percent because they don't control it. But they're borderline certain who they're going to take. Like here's an example. Do you agree it, there? Uh, yeah. They yes, yeah. They they have evaluated the eval. They believe they're or that there's they're confident with one of two guys. Yeah. But like here's an example. If Robert Sala rolled into the Jets and said, "Joe Douglas, you're in charge of the players. I'm telling you, I've played them. I've studied them." We should not trade Sam Darnold. Uh, Sam Darnold is a, is a Pro Bowl NFL quarterback. I've watched him from a defensive coordinator perspective. I have studied all the film. I have game plan for him. He's a, he, he is the guy. I'm telling you, he's the guy. What should Joe Douglas do if he thinks Zach Wilson's a better player? I think you just have to have long conversations. And eventually, you know, some people make suggestions. Other people make decisions. If it's Joe's decision-making power, he just has to make the best decision you got to factor in what the coaches want. My pushback with Sala would be, Robert, you don't call the offensive plays. Right. So I, I need to get the offensive coordinator. It's a complicated scenario. But this is where we, we we rarely dive that deep into it. Like everything that's going on in Seattle, 
because we just uh, we kind of know who the boss is. But like, how often do like hardcore arguments and disagreements happen where John Schneider's like, Pete, I, I just I would not take this guy, and maybe walks out of a room, and then Pete takes him anyway. And that, like, that happens. Now, this is such a bigger decision than just taking some dude at 64 on the board, right? Pete got his way to take the linebacker and John wanted the wide receiver, whatever. It's probably happened with Kyle. This is a, we're given two, multiple ones and a third to go move to get this guy. Like, you'd hope they'd be on the same page, but the history of the league would say sometimes just the coaches and, and the evaluators don't always see eye to eye. And we know we're going to, I mean, we, we might be persuaded to think differently once they make the pick. But I think we all have a pretty good idea what Kyle looks for. We're hoping it's different. And I'd go, I'd, I'd when you look around my evaluator friends, they tend to not like those guys. Now, maybe they're, they've been proven wrong because I guys bet everyone shit on Kirk talent. Cousins. Yeah. yeah, I bet a lot of people thought Kirk Cousins was, had undrafted free agent type grade. And Kyle was right. Well, look, here's where I agree with you. If he nails the pick, it puts it puts the whole thing on a rocket ship. Well, it, 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 it put it would put Kyle into a different stratosphere because it's one of the ballsiest moves that you, you trade for the number three overall pick, multiple extra ones, and your twelfth pick for when you don't totally know who's gonna like it's it's a pretty crazy move. It's a ballsy fucking move. Yeah, well, there's no yeah, doubt. I, you, I think I, you think there's a higher floor. I, I think there's a no, low no, 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 floor no. in these type it, moves. Yeah, I'm not saying it's guaranteed to be higher. I think the floor can be just as low as you're saying. I'm just saying there is a middle ground. And part of the reason I think there is a middle ground, which is a bad place to be, because then you're stuck between an extension and a fifth year option. That's not good. But that also means that you might not be a six and 11 team in a 17 game season. You can be in the middle ground with a quarterback. But if your coach is good enough and is your team is good enough, win nine, eight, 10 games, be in the playoffs, have a chance to win a couple of playoff games, which isn't good. That's not worth trading three, two, ones, four and a third. But that also doesn't derail your career. That's. My, I agree. The floor is as low as you're saying, and the ceiling's as high as you're saying. I, I just think Kyle Shanahan. I believe Kyle Shanahan's a good enough football coach to have to get more out of a player than most coaches and teams drafting this high normally are. Because if I told you that Kyle Shanahan for four years got Mariota or Trubisky from the jump, we would assume those guys would be better than they turned out, right? You are in that statement. You're supporting my claim, but I'm not. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But maybe not. No, to your, to your but point. But I'm with you. No, no, no you're I, supporting I me. I'll support be, you here. It might be that Trubisky was just going to be that bad. Yeah, or Mariota just had flaws that you can't really coach around, right? He's a okay bottom end. Like, his talents is talent. And that's where it gets back to back to the Mac Jones, who I do believe it's a smokescreen, though it's a believable smokescreen, yeah. that if you do that, you can't argue because we were talking before we recorded. We're like, well, we all we all agree that his floor, he has a low floor. It could be really ugly. For every Matt Ryan, there's a lot of just shitty Osweilers, right? Just because if it just your arm actually doesn't look quite as strong when you don't have the sweet wide receivers, even though they got pretty good wide receivers, it could just look really bad. It, it, it would just the other thing is, and we saw it last year. Who goes after you? And how good does that guy become? Did you take the wrong guy? Because here's what. No one's going, well, John Lynch screwed this up. No, Kyle, this is you, which is awesome. And it's, you know, just this is Kyle, which is sweet. I'm glad they put their nuts on the table, swung for the fences. Now it's just about getting it right. Yeah, part of what helps Gettleman, if there's such a thing as helping Gettleman, is nobody all that impressive went after Daniel Jones. What hurts is that he went sixth. 
Yeah, he just thought he was just a high-end starter. That's just what Gettleman thought. And that's back to my guy's claim of like, if you think he's the guy, because my my guy always hated my take that Gettleman should have waited till 17, even though Daniel Jones would have been there at 17. Because when you believe he's your starter, go get him. And that logic is right. But when you go get Daniel Jones at six, if the you you agree with this. If the guy turns out to be Daniel Jones for his first two years, given what they gave up, that is an utter disaster, right? Complete disaster. Yeah. And I like to say... What would not be a disaster? Obviously, you're hoping for the Josh well, here's Allen a question. type. I know we got... Would Baker be a disaster? He was I, He was awful the second year, but it was Freddie Kitchen, so it's hard to... But like the, you and I debate... Baker, Baker, Stefanski? I, I don't think it's a disaster. To me, Baker is exactly what I'm talking about. Is if it looks like... Like, Baker to me is a guy... Who, if Kevin Stefanski does not get hired as the Browns coach, and he ends up with another version of Freddie Kitchens, all it like it changes to me. Baker's the course of Baker Mayfield's career changed when they hired Kevin Stefanski. Completely changed. Now their team's really loaded, but that's yeah, true. I mean, it's, it's true. It's it's not the exact same situation. Um, but here, here's where the here's where the risk is, because ultimately my gut says it's Field or Lance. Those type players, there just is. I, I'm with you, Mac Jones with Kyle. I think his floor would be pretty high ultimately, just because I think the floor on athletic guys, the accuracy can be hit or miss, right? Just with a Trey Lance, with a Justin Fields, those can turn out more likely to be a disaster. Well, does the guy get hurt? Like RG3, it looked like was on the right track, right? Yeah. That's the one thing with Kyle getting an athletic guy he can implement new parts of an offense that he could never do with Jimmy Garoppolo types, right? Yeah, although He's I don't know. That. Yeah, yeah. Although I don't know how much I'd want him to do it. I want to protect that guy, but... Well, you just teach him to slide. Yeah, I mean... I, I just don't see how it's arguable that it's not a career-defining moment. Well, who was it that... It's the biggest trade in the history of the franchise in terms of draft capital. Uh... Yes, it can. I mean, it can it's look. It's one of the biggest trades in is, NFL history. Is, probably, if Bill months. Walsh doesn't get Joe Montana, and it takes several years, but they end up with Steve Young, and it, you know they had somebody, whatever. I don't know that it changes everything. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Guy, well, he guy he misses the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs this year, that's one in five years. Like it just starts adding up. Right. You know? Well, I mean, it's, but a, that's, it's a bottom line league. It is. Yeah, it is. But I just know, but again, I watch him. Plays, I think he's a really good football plays. coach. I think that's going to play itself out over the course of his coaching career. I, I do too. But so, eventually you got to start winning. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But okay, if they got to win the play, if they got to go to the playoffs this year, they must. No, I, the- I don't think, they, I don't think they do as long as the rookie plays and we'll get into who's going to play. But <laughs> See, that's, know, if you got a rookie quarterback, I'm, I'm cool with you winning seven. Eight okay. Games. But you have to then remember that context when they don't make the playoffs because somebody gets hurt the next year. It's like, oh, but John, you said they only made the playoffs one. Yeah. But you said you were cool with the rookie and Jimmy got hurt. What are you supposed to do about that the year before? That wasn't yeah, his well, fault. You know, eventually, the context starts running out. You either well, I understand. Andy Reid makes the playoffs every year. I, there's no question. But you, I'm, we're talking about the context now. Is if it's is it a bottom line league or does the context matter? Like they're both. Well, yeah, true. I mean, if, if you're if you rookie starts all season long and they went eight or nine wins and missed the playoffs, I do. And if the guy was showing his fucking promise, you could live with that. If you go two more years, you start missing the playoffs. Like Andy Reid, Sean Payton, these motherfuckers make the it's Sean McVay make the playoffs every year. Of course. context, no excuses. I'm not saying you're making them, but it's like this is this is where the pressure. This is where I get back to the kid and the bus potential. The pressure. 
is, I don't even think immense is strong of an adjective. Like it is, it's gigantic. The moment this kid walks into, is honestly, I mean, it's part of the deal. It's why you get paid all this money. It's, it's an insane amount to put on a 22 year old. Yeah, it's, it's why a lot, Kyle. Guy. It's why the, the Kyle gets paid the money to coach that guy more than he gets paid to and to pick him more than he gets paid to pick Nick Bosa more than he gets paid to decide to trade to Force Buckner, right? Yeah. That, but again, I I think there are gray areas in all of this. That's the whole thing is gray area in the end. It is about wins and losses. But now to know what it's going to look like now that it has to look one of the two ways because that's the way it's looked most of the time. Well, it looks. But you that agree way. if they if they, don't, if they don't make the playoffs for the next three years. No one's going to give a shit about context, right? Well, of course. But again, they, the quarterback might be uh, not great and not terrible, and they make the playoffs, and you go, well, it definitely wasn't worth trading three ones, but it's also not derailing his career because he's been good enough to continue on. Well, the, I'd say that's a first-class problem if they're making the playoffs. I'm talking about they're Absolutely. not making the playoffs and the quarterback's bad. That's what I'm talking about. Well, yeah, about. then that does derail his career. I'm they saying make the playoffs one time in college four years. I'm saying there's a third option. That's my point. Which is also kind of a sneaky disaster, too, if the quarterback's not right. Uh, but Yeah, but, but I'm just saying the third option is there's a middle ground where he doesn't get fired. Now, I do know this. There is th- the three options. There is one is like way to the left, and the other two, one is way to the right, and then the middle option is not down the middle. It's closer to the right than it is to the left. If way to the left is successful and way to the right is terrible. And, and I, this I don't think is arguable either. If it's not going well... It's usually hard to just kind of stay in the middle with situations like this. You would well, see because you need so much else usually, to go right. You need to be able to have a really good defense. You need other players who can make up for the fact that your quarterback's not good. Maybe you need another quarterback, right? So you got to hit on that guy. Well, and whoever you're drafting is rep by a big time agent. They got big time egos. They're viewed as cash cows. Like part of the reason why Wentz got really nasty is because his people fucking go to the mat defending him, right? He's a cash cow. He's like, uh, now he's already been paid, but I'm just saying like, it gets ugly in these situations if it doesn't go right. It always does with these top quarterbacks. Yeah. If it doesn't go right. I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. This, I'm just saying this is the, the pressure. I'm not accusing you of being Debbie Downer. Yeah, I, I just think, I, I the, the which is cool. I think this is awesome, but there is a shitload on the line for starting with Kyle. Like, because to me, he okayed this. Like his legacy can be vaulted. I, I don't think like it's he's kind of in this weird spot because he didn't have the great season, but now it's it's like AD and pre AD or you know the whatever the biblical references are. I'm this not, is your uh, this is this I'm is agnostic. your one. I who was it? But I'm just saying, like, it, it somebody really wrote like this now. is the clear beginning of chapter two, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like here we go, and maybe this is the chapter or this is the album that determines whether or not you're you turn into Lady Gaga or. Somebody who's not Lady Gaga. I don't know. But in the end, uh, yeah, it's it's Better all we could right. ask for. Yeah, just please get it right. And, and here's the other thing. And I do think Kawakami wrote this, which was basically like the aggressive. T- like if you're going to you can't sit back and wait to find your guy forever. Right. Because here's the alternative. They don't do this trade. They're sitting there at 12. And what? They play with Jimmy again. Like, no, I, no, 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 no. I, 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 I know I, you're I'm not I'm making a separate trade. point. I know you're not arguing. I'm making a separate point. Isn't sitting there at 12 with Jimmy? Couldn't I argue that's just as crazy as this? Basically punting on getting a new quarterback this year? Feels like, like we look no at trading two ones. You trade two. This is the craziest trade. And, and all that's legit. I'm not mocking that. But isn't sitting there at 12? 
Like, because if you miss on this, we go malpractice. Well, sitting there at 12 and rolling it back with Jimmy might be just as big a malpractice, even less. Because if you you like to say who says full speed mistakes, uh, better full speed mistakes than something that's just as obviously a mistake going 55 in the slow lane, which is what sitting there at 12 might be. Let's just uh, draft no, another. Not. Let's draft a tackle. You know, we'll keep Jimmy healthy. I could argue that's crazier than this. Well, it is. And that's Dude, why I think part of why might as well it, just but... shot in the head instead of dying a slow death, multiple stab wounds. Yeah, Not but sometimes all gas, no br- all gas, no break. Sometimes you run into a wall. <laughs> yeah, but uh, either way, again, I, I'm glad run out I, of I, I know like you are. I'm not arguing. I'm not better. S- fucking get it right. I know, but what I'm saying is, it's just as much pressure as if you sit there at twelve. It's just we don't talk about it the same way. But it might have yeah, been just I, as crazy. I push. I push back. They, they gave the, the next two ones, like part of like uh, I understand what the Rams that today. Keep doing. But three years from now, you look back and you go, "You just wasted three years. You never got a quarterback." In retrospect, you you should have done the three ones. Yeah, I mean, I'd say most teams every year offer you could do these three ones. They don't. I, I'm not again. I, I, right, right, right. I'm saying in the moment. It feels like the biggest thing you could have done, and it's because well, it doesn't get any bigger in this guy. It's the biggest trade in the history of the sure. franchise. Again, I'm not arguing about that. What I'm saying is, it's easy right now. I'm saying three years from now, you don't have a new quarterback. We look back and go, "That's what you should have. You should have done the thing that we thought in 2021 was crazy. In 2025, it looks like a much better option than dying a slow death trying to find the next well, Jimmy, trying to rebuild Jimmy, and then taking a guy, and then maybe we can get Davis Mills. That would have felt like okay, we would have hated it, but it wouldn't have felt as crazy as this. But in three years, we might look back and say that was just as crazy, if not crazier. Yeah, but I, I just think you could. Yeah, I mean, what if I told you last year they could have traded from thirteen to six with the Chargers for an extra one and got Herbert? I mean, you could probably play that game all all the time, right? Absolutely. I'm saying doing the big trade always feels crazier. But sometimes what's actually crazier is to do nothing. Well, yeah, I, 100%. They had to do something. But just because you have to do something, like a lot of people had to do, like quit their job and like kind of do a new start a business and then they go belly up. <laughs> Again, I said yeah. negative. Yeah. I, no, 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 no. You don't, I'm not talking about this is not, this is not a negativity thing at all. I'm saying in three years, if they did nothing, we look back and go, that was insane that they just sat with Jimmy and then they drafted Davis Mills and tried to develop him. And because first round quarterbacks never hit that, I'm, that would be just as crazy. It just wouldn't feel that way right now. We wouldn't, it's like, uh, the thing with the, with, uh, they say frogs, if you put them in water and you slowly turn the temperature of the water up slow, they never notice it's getting hotter until it's too late. It's too hot. Right. As opposed, this, 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 what you're saying, you're turning the heat, this is turning the heat up. From zero to 485, boom. You put a bullseye on your back. Yeah. And I'm saying not doing it. At the end, we still end up at 485 degrees and bubbling water. It just took Well, you know why? Because most people don't. Because most right. people would I, never do this trade. Yeah, yeah. So, and part of it is and my maybe trail, for good which reason. I appreciate <laughs> Maybe for good reason most people don't do this trade, but we'll see. They have control of it. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep 
with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Grainger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger. For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A lot of people want us to believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start a quarterback for the 49ers in 2021, job, uh, John. And uh, it might be because that's what they believe. It might be that that possibility exists. It might be that he's going to get traded on draft day and we just have to play the game for the next month until he is. You and I talked about this on Friday. We did a video and we talked about it on the podcast why the Niners have to trade Jimmy Garoppolo right now and or – not necessarily right this second, but before the season. Um, but the name that keeps coming up is the man that once walked those sidelines, John. Took a lot more heat than Jimmy did in his day. Alex Smith. I'm looking at Kansas City. The four years running up, so they trade for him in 13. So they get him 13, 14, 15, and 16. They drafted Mahomes the year 17, and Alex obviously played that whole year. But in 14, 15, or excuse me, 13, 14, 15, 16, Alex played in 15 games, 15 games, 16 games, 15 games. I know he might have been hurt in one. I'm pretty sure they had in a couple of those week 16, nothing to, or 17, nothing to play for, and he sat. He was not missing any time. Like they were viewing as a guy, they were going to the playoffs, I don't know, every year. And people forget this. They didn't win the division a couple of those years because Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos were in it. And remember, they played him really tight, but they were consistently winning and he was consistently playing. On top of him being an older player 
So when they drafted Mahomes, he was 33, so about four years older than Jimmy. But it had a much longer resume of being a starter, the two years in San Francisco and then those years for Andy. And Andy, like, listen, I on pretty good authority, I don't think the Niners are that big on the way everything happened this year with Jimmy. About everyone kept coming back from injuries, begging George Kittle on his fucking hands and knees, begging to play. And Kyle was even like, what am I supposed to tell him? Like, I can't play. I He had people like me, like, just throw the season, <laughs> you know? And Kyle basically like, no, guys. He, he came out, I remember saying in the press conference, like, how am I supposed to show to the other guys, this guy's one of our best players, he wants to play, he played. And now, even when they played him, right, they remember they kind of picked and choose, they'd bring him out <laughs> in some moments. But still, like, if they had not played him, you wouldn't heard a peep from us. We're like, yeah, I get it. No, he said beforehand rolled. they shouldn't play him. Yeah. Jimmy's up there taking notes, and I think they questioned the whole situation. Business decisions were made. And that was never the case with Andy. Andy, to this day, loves Alex Smith. Loved Even when he was doing shitty, that was his number one defender. That has never been the case, even when Jimmy was playing with Kyle. If anything, he went out of his way. We, we did this for a year of like, God, Kyle just won't really give him credit, <laughs> right? It was like, remember, there were all these moments and Kyle would refuse to do it. Like, I just, I never felt in a weird way like Kyle liked Jimmy that much. I think they had a good working relationship. And then that 2019 season, he could use him toward what he needed. But clearly, I think once he really got him, and maybe it started with the ACL injury, it felt like there was a disconnect a little bit. Is that fair to say? Not in a, not in a negative way. Like, it just, it just felt like they've never two peas in a pod. Uh, it might just be a yeah, simple Jimmy's feel, not that good. Uh, look, you know, why why did they get you? Why is Jimmy there? Because Kyle's had a lifelong love affair with Jimmy. No, Kyle's lifelong love affair is with Kirk Cousins, but he couldn't get Kirk Cousins and he wanted to get married and a quarterback fell in his lap. So he took him and then he took him and went, yeah, it makes sense to pay him. So they did. It's not because he loved him, not because this was Kyle's guy. Not no one has ever believed that. They didn't even they, guy. They didn't even seek Jimmy out, right? They the, Jimmy called them. Bill fell in his lap. Yeah, fell. And in he his took lap. him, and I would have taken him too, and I would have paid him too, and I'd be replacing him now as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> look, the evidence is right here for us, John. How could we yeah. argue about whether or not he loved him last year, or whether or not he cared last year? What blah blah blah. They just trade. They moved up to three. Yeah. And until somebody shows me need- Panay Sewell on the phone, it's because they're taking a quarterback. And the difference was no debate. That, not, that night they traded for Patrick Mahomes. They came out. Alex, our starter. Alex, our starter. And we kind of called BS. They never flinched. And Andy was adamant and he followed it through because he wasn't lying. Alex was going to start. This is, this is not the case here. I Honestly, guy, I see zero scenario... Where they head into training camp week one and Jimmy Garoppolo's on the team. I, I can't see it. I, I I do not see there be a quarterback room with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Every day, you and I go to a training camp practice, the two of them jog out to practice next to each other. I, I, I don't fucking see it. I, I, I don't care what they're leaking out, and they're going to talk tomorrow, and we'll talk after. I don't care what they say. I think that this player... Now, I don't know, maybe they trade for Gardner Minshew or whatever. I just don't see, because part of the lightning rod of the Niners situation is like, Jimmy Garoppolo is much more to me of a lightning rod than even Alex was in that individual Kansas City scenario, beside him having the backing of the coach, where on this one, it feels a little shakier. Is that fair? Jimmy is more of a lightning rod? 
Well, he's just this polarizing Yeah, I don't think there's any question. <laughs> Look, Alex was 33 when they drafted Patrick Holmes. Jimmy's 29. You don't make contingency plans for 29-year-old quarterbacks if they're the quarterback. Because 29 is young. 29 is prime. So you don't go up to three to get a guy to replace your 29-year-old quarterback. They drafted Mahomes. Now, they moved up to get him, but they didn't go up to three. Maybe if they had to have, maybe they would have gone up to two to take Patrick Mahomes. If do you, do you think it would be healthy to have Trey Lance or Justin Fields or Mac Jones around Jimmy Garoppolo? So, <laughs> see, now this is where we agree. This is the Alex Smith point. The, the, Jimmy's done nothing to say to prove that he's Alex Smith from that standpoint. I, even though I think they should do this, if they draft a quarterback that, like Mahomes, they think that quarterback cannot take us to the playoffs this year. Remember Mel Kuyper. And that quarterback needs development. Mel Kuyper said on this podcast <laughs> yeah. that he thinks Trey Lance is, devel- is a one-year developmental quarterback. Now, that's we could debate whether or not you should ever even do that, that guys play right away. So I, I, I guess the guy literally we, just hasn't played that much. I mean, it's, we it, differ. It's I do see the scenario where Jimmy could be their quarterback. I would not do it. And I don't think you can do it assuming he's your Alex Smith. He is not Alex Smith. I mean, there's it's that is uh, this is that is disrespectful to Alex Smith, given the circumstance. I, and that's not even like an Alex overcame the leg injury thing. I also think it's an unfair and listen, it's a business. It's not about fair or not fair, but there is like, how would you expect Jimmy to just be a pro and, you know, just it'd be weird. Well, I think you could make the case. Jimmy was there with Tom. Now, Jimmy was not a first round pick, but a second round pick is to draft a quarterback as a second round pick to be Tom Brady's. That's not nothing if you're Tom Brady. Highest quarterback Belichick's ever drafted. So he was there. He saw it. And what did Brady do? Nice to him. Took him to Kentucky no, Derby. Yeah, balled out is what Brady did. Uh, but again, you're, you're he's Tom Brady. I understand, <laughs> but you could make that case that yeah, just I, he's Tom got Brady, something Jimmy. in him that he hasn't shown yet. <laughs> Jimmy's not to win any job from anybody before, right? I guess no, you could argue he had to job. battle with Jacoby Brissett at some point in time before we thought Jacoby Brissett was Jacoby Brissett, but. But did he really like? It felt like Bill already was in love with Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I'm shooting from the hip on that comp. Um, uh, here, here's my ultimate belief: why Jimmy has to go. You could convince me, like if I, if I truly dove in and got on the phone, people around there, like, listen, Jimmy, be fine. He's not going to be some like asshole to him. We don't even need him to like jerk him off every day. We'll handle that, like propping the guy up and you know teach him the offense. That's what McDaniel and Kyle and Wes and all that will handle that. We just want to get Jimmy's value up a little bit. Maybe he gives us a better chance to win this year and implement the kid next year. My issue is ultimately when you look back at all these guys, everyone plays as a rookie now. I I, I would get 20 years ago, 30 years ago, huge transition. I, I just think it's just all the star quarterbacks right now, the young ones, every single one of them. Mahomes. Watson, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, fuck Russell Wilson. They started from the jump in this decade. And even the guys that didn't work out, Wentz, Goff, Mariota, Baker. The guys last year didn't. Who's Herbert the guys Tua. last year? Well, Tua had a broken hip and Herbert started week two. And, and it, it turns out to be like we think less of Anthony Lynn. 
Yeah, but I I don't know if if Tua was healthy. I don't even maybe they would have started him from the jump. They once but once they started playing him, they were yanking him out of the lineup, not because he was getting hurt. Yeah, I mean he, you have to you agree though that was a unique situation. They, with him they both were unique. Under. Yeah, I, I, and the and the, this, and the the Charger one they look worse or their their coach looks worse because. Of but it. what if Kyle Shanahan's going? I, I think this guy's good enough to play right away, but I don't think he's good enough to go to the playoffs. And I think if Jimmy's healthy, he can get me to the playoffs. And if Jimmy gets hurt, well, fine. Then the season blows up anyway. We go with the young guy. I I get it. My issue, though, is ultimately like that's back to the Alex thing. One thing that they will tell you, obviously, obviously I've talked to him about it. They've been open. I mean, it's on record a million different places. And Mahomes has talked about Alex could not have been any better with this helping the kid out. And part of, I think, Mahomes, the next year when he won the MVP, he thanked Alex for setting him on this path. Like, I think we just think it's like Andy and Alec, or I mean, Andy and Mahomes. Like, I think Alex, it was just a big part, like, of a group helping this guy out. Like, I... I wouldn't even blame Jimmy. Like, I wouldn't fucking talk to him, right? I think there was a huge opportunity for the dynamic to put, like, the kid in a weird situation. For sure. I would also tell Jimmy if I'm his agent, and we know who his agent is, Don Yee, i say this is also an opportunity for you because the writing is on the wall here with who the next quarterback of the 49ers is. I agree, and I'm... and just be, be focused, but what are you going to do? Hold the no, guy's not hand? Not just be it's focused, just, but just look. Look at what one. Look at how good it was for Alex Smith's career and his Alex's legacy is not something we talk about a lot. But Alex Smith does have a legacy because of what he overcame in San Francisco, the way he handled Kansas City, and the way he came back in Washington. And who knows now, what, if there's another chapter. Now there is an element that I have not brought up that you kind of touched on. That even a bigger addition to that is. Jimmy plays this season. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. Watch. You're just a 10-win team. You go to the playoffs. Even if you lose in the first round or whatever, Jimmy just has a solid season. And maybe you can flip him for a first. Or a second. I mean, anything. Yeah, maybe you get your first back. But I think if you're a playoff team and Jimmy has a solid season, like he's under contract. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting a decent pick. Way better than you probably could right now. I don't think there's any question. But that's a. Re- it could also go the other way. He gets hurt again, and he's worth nothing. Or he gets hurt again, and you're playing the guy you were going to play yeah. but not make the playoffs, potentially. My issue is more with, there one, he's where not you- Alex Smith, and two, I think it's, it just puts – it makes a very, very awkward dynamic. I, I think it's – I think you're right. I mean, it's it's not just Alex that turns out he's pretty unique. Mahomes is pretty unique, uh, right? Like the two of them, like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, is the guy. Got, like, he might go down as like the second best quarterback no, of all no. time when it's all said. But I mean, like Mahomes, I, I don't know. We'd have to ask. If oh, only, you're just saying like his personality. Yeah, his personality. He'd been in locker rooms. He'd been around his dad. He'd been in the big leagues, quote unquote. Right. He kind of has like this Clay Thompson vibe where he just go with the flow guy. It's Clearly very, has respect yeah. for the other people around him. So who knows? It could be. I, I, I do like. Let's use Josh Allen as an example. And Herbert example, because I've heard one thing about Justin Fields I've heard is he's not like Mr. Screamer and Yeller, which I was telling a buddy like, you know, honestly, I I think that's kind of Kyle's role in a weird way. Like, you know, I think with the with like the Saints, like I think that's kind of Sean Payton's role. And I think it kind of works well. Like I now Drew Brees was probably much more assertive, but like Sean Payton's there to light your ass up. Like Kyle is getting in guys on offense when they screw up. So I my my co- my quarterback could be Justin Herbert, and that was like, is he ready? Is he ready? Yes, put the guy in. Now Justin Herbert would not have much in common with like 
Trey Lance. Trey Lance hasn't, hasn't played. Even Mac Jones only been a one-year starter. Justin Fields now has played multiple seasons at Ohio State in the like it, it, to me, if it's Justin Fields, you would have to agree. Like, what are we doing? To me, part the, of what Josh Allen three years later is like he got to just be the alpha, whether he was ready for it or not. Sink or swim, kid, and we're going to hold your hand. We're not going to let you sink, but you're eventually going to have to take some movements with your arm and keep your head above water. And sometimes you'll go down, but you'll you'll figure out how to get back up, take another breath, and it'll help you out in years to come. And then with a guy that not everyone, like you said, is. Mahomes or whoever is ready to hit the ground running, Herbert. But what if in three years, I bet Josh Allen said, you know that first year taking my lumps, I was so much better off my second year. And then I was able to snowball that into my third year. So two things. And you only get the rookie contract for four years. If you draft Justin Fields, or I guess this is how we're going to do the next month, mumble Mac Jones. Say his name name quietly. (laughs) If you do that... That I would be surprised if Jimmy stays. If you do Lance, then I could understand it. But I also go back to the year with RG3. I think Kyle Shanahan, one of the reasons I believe in him is I think he has shown the ability to not insist on all my pegs are square. You give me a round peg, I'm going to shove it in a square hole. We watched what he did with Robert Griffin III. I think he would find a way to deal... to to simultaneously develop and try and win with whatever his quarterback is ready to do as a rookie. And then maybe it's the offseason and you're two where you even try and take another step. Like you said with Josh Allen, these things take time. They don't normally look like Herbert. Herbert's going to have a challenge this year of doing it again. Like there's all these things. So I do think, to me, the Robert, the RG3 one, you go back and look at that and you say he found a way for that year to get the most now, who knows if RG three is healthy and he's his quarterback. What does your three look like? I don't know. Maybe it looks very different than your one looked. But I do think that would be an argument. To let's just see what he can do with a rookie quarterback. He can try. There's no rule that says he can't try and win games, right? One way with a quarterback as a rookie. They made the play. They made then, the playoffs with Robert Griffin, and then yeah, and he was the rookie of the year. What they went? They go nine and seven that year. Maybe ten and six. Yes. I mean, they were pretty good. There's no, there's nothing that says the way you play with the guys his rookie year is the way you have to play with them his second year. I completely agree. But let me let me say two things. I think Robert Griffin's a good example. In a vacuum, healthy Robert Griffin as a rookie was an elite prospect, like better than Justin Fields. He had elite speed, he had elite arm strength, and he was accurate. Like he he was. I know it. Looking back now, we all make fun of him. Like he blocks people on Twitter. I think he blocked me. He, 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 now we watched him play this year. Like, what's that? That year in a vacuum, his skills, he's 6'3, he could fucking fly. He had a hose. He was act, like, he was really good. Then he got hurt and he was never the same. But one thing we found out after he got hurt, you know, kind of a me selfish guy, not a great guy. But coming out, it was like this high level guy from Baylor. People loved him. This is where back to what I was saying about the risk. When you're acquiring people, and this is back to the even the Alex thing. Like you never truly know. Like you use the example of Tom Brady and Jimmy. Like it's so easy to think these things, and then you put these people in these situations, and it's like, whoa, this this is a lot different than we thought, right? Yeah. Like I know how Kyle is. I know for a fact, Kyle wants to get on the the treadmill of a football season. The guy can game plan with anybody. He can have his team ready with anybody. He can do all. It's just the pieces, like. If his defense, if he has a talent on defense, they'll kick ass. 
if his quarterback can just stay erect and stay healthy, like he'll figure it out. But like that quarterback has like say one thing for Jimmy when he was playing in 19, like he was pretty tough. He was his toughness was elite. Like he would hang in there and get rattled and fucking just blasted. And it was like, God, Jimmy's underrated part about his 2019. Like Jimmy showed some heart and toughness. He's getting his ass kicked at times. That's part of why you need a mobile quarterback because, you know, McGlinchey, you know, misses pass protection could be a little hit or miss. We feel good about dude on the left, hopefully, because he's just got all this money. He's eight-time pro bowler. The right side, luckily, if you're a right-handed quarterback and there aren't any lefties, you can see the guy coming, but the guy's coming often, so you got to be able to take off. Use check. Right? Use check. Yeah, you got to do some 360 moves. And, you know, hey, George, we need you to stay in for an extra two seconds here. Uh, but the the thing is, like, I ne- you never truly know. That's what makes this thing so special. The Chiefs would yeah. tell you. Yeah. For as great as and much we loved him, once we got in, he was he exceeded our expectations. Well, what does that mean? You're still you still have expectations, right? You you there's an unknown to it all. They felt very, very comfortable with Alex. I don't care what they'll say tomorrow and what will be the message moving forward. I don't believe him for a second. They feel that comfortable with Jimmy around the the guy that we've all agreed now they should have done this, but like put their life savings into this startup, which they think could be Uber, but they've done it. And if you're going to do that, do you want the other thing kind of lingering? You probably don't. It's on that basic, that basis of just thinking, because like you said, they're ultimately making this move for this guy to be uh, a decade plus all-star, right? They're moving to be the face of the franchise. I think it's well said. I'll finish my last comment to summarize what you just, or you just summarized it well. They're moving off of a 29-year-old quarterback who's under contract. Who does Who that when you love ball. the <laughs> Yeah. You don't do that if you love the guy. Since we started this podcast, by the way, uh, Oregon cut at this nine, USC one. Turns out, I was just saw a note, not only is Gonzaga the number one two-point shooting offense in basketball this year, and USC is the number one two-point shooting defense in basketball this year, Ken Pomeroy stats. Turns out, based on his analytics, this is just a percentage. This is not it's just by the percentages. They are actually both number one in those two categories in the history of the sport. <laughs> it's wow. an incredible matchup. You've got Jalen Suggs, who's going to be a top three pick. You've got Evan Mobley, who's going to be a top three pick. I mean, it is an elite. And they're both West Coast teams. So for us, Gonzaga, USC, this is an elite matchup we got in the Elite Eight. Well, I just saw they flashed. Obviously, UCLA is playing Michigan. Yeah. I just thought, do you think, do you get like packets from Pac-12 stat guys that give sweet stuff? Yeah, I, remember I like do. ESPN? do you, I'd look into this. I wonder if it's the first time in school history that both of them ended up in an Elite Eight. It is. I, mean, I saw somebody on Twitter just tweeted that. That the yeah. two LA schools have never been in the Elite Eight at the same no, time. No, you're, you're on the right. You are. There, there is. I, obviously, UCLA has been Billis there Koff. countless times. How, how often has USC been there in like 40 years? Have they ever been to a Final Four? <sighs> In our lifetime, it doesn't feel like they have off the top of my head. Uh, I, don't know. I, I I can't think of one. Yeah, Scalabri- oh, they went they twenty years ago. They beat Kentucky in the Sweet Sixteen, lost in the Elite Eight with like a Scalabrini team. So that was the last time I think they were in the Elite Eight. Brian Scalabrini went to USC. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, if you would have said Middlecoff, where'd Brian Scalabrini go to school? I would have guessed like Rutgers. <laughs> Or Boston College. They, I, I would have thought just up in that region. Kind of makes a little more sense now. Why though. he's got so much personality? Yeah, is he, an, is he an L.A., San Diego type guy? Do you see that video of him and the high school kid? <laughs> Which yeah. he, my, Here's one take I have. That I think now, like, hey guys, sometimes people make videos to laugh and be not serious. Everyone's like, I can't believe 
The disrespect, I saw David Aldridge. The disrespect, a high school kid would show a pro. It's like, guys, one, I think he knows See, the- probably someone says something and they're fucking around. Now, maybe the high school kid deep down thought maybe he could give him a game. I think they kind of knew what they were doing. They played it up. They looked like they were at a gym, like where rich kids and the sweet high school kids go. They yeah. probably knew who he was. I thought it was much harmless, more harmless than the Cam Newton video. But I saw countless people that covered the NBA commented on that, like kids are losing their respect because Calabrini beat him eleven. Cal- Calabrini him. gave him the business. <laughs> yeah, luckily I missed all those tweets. I just saw people making fun of the situation. My question is, did did he did he take the kid's shoes? Because I think you got to. I want that on the video. If you yeah, bet the I shoes, you got to Scal- take the shoes. I doubt Scalabrini did. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I got to go back and look, but I know they beat 20 years ago because I remember the anniversary was last week. They beat like a Tayshaun Prince Kentucky team in the Sweet 16. The story was they wanted, you remember if you Google them, you'd find them. Vince Carter had these Nike shocks like 20 years ago, back when the Nike shocks were big. And that year, there were some sweet Vince Carters, 01. And USC asked Nike if they could get them. And Nike told, because like Kentucky had them, Duke had them, everyone had them. And you, and, and uh, Nike Vince told. Vince Carter played basketball in shocks? Yeah. Nike shocks used to make, they used to have basketball shoes. They were a short, they were like a lower shock, I think, but. Gotcha. There was one like shock that out the whole. Achilles. I know. It does feel weird. There was one pair that the whole bottom of the shoe was shocks, not just the back, like four shocks. But Nike, a little much. Nike told him, no, you can't get the shocks until you go, unless you go to the Sweet 16. So then they, like, that was a big deal to them in that day. Like, they got the shocks because they went to the Sweet 16 and they won a game in them. Where would you rank the pumps? The sha- Was a Shaq pumps? I had a pair of those in the uh, second grade or third grade. I, I think they're awful. Like, they look like Looking big Looking back, shoes. do you think pump was the fakest marketing tool in the history of anything? Did it do anything? What was it supposed to do? Tighten your shoe? Yeah, it tightened that the it shoe. To- yeah, it tightened the shoe to keep you locked in There is no chance ankle. looking back that it actually worked, right? I don't remember that my <laughs> foot got any tighter. No, it was just fun to push the little basketball. Did you have a pair? Uh, guy every yes i had a pair well they were shack shoes right yeah the blue and the aqua yeah or the, the black I mean, it's a yeah, genius idea just add something kind of cool to press everyone's gonna want them it's like a button that and remember it had the little it had a little button. smaller button when you could let the air out yeah that was part <laughs> and you're like like when you're letting the tire out the only Did worst you see that you see the video that went viral maybe i sent it to you of shack against byu in 92 i did not you told me about it i have not seen it it's one of the most incredible I've always defended this, and, and any person to this day defends this. If you were a diehard Orlando Magic fan, if you were a diehard Laker fan, and remember like 96 to 2002 Shaq, or a Sacramento Kings fan, and watch young Shaq, like, I, I don't think, whenever I hear like, it's not a big man's league, how would the big man do? I think if Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, 96 to like 2000 version, when Phil Jackson first got his hands on him, entered today's oh NBA. Oh my God. I, I think he would average 25 rebounds and easily 30 points. I think he would eviscerate. People forget him. what he looked like when he came in the league, you know? Well, I mean, that, doesn't that guy look like, you know that, did you see the video of Miles Garrett like a month ago or two months ago dunking a basketball yeah. at Barstool? Yeah. And it was just like, this guy's six foot six, two seventy, and he was jumping like he was, uh, I, don't, I don't know, like Russell Westbrook. That was basically Shaquille O'Neal, but eight inches taller. I'm just watching well, this video. How many points would Shaq, peak Shaq average in this small NBA now? 35? How would he get? He'd get every rebound. Well, no one rebounds. He would destroy. Because everyone, everyone, you take threes and it's all about transition defense. Everyone gets back. But he could run. Yeah, I'm just saying that there's nobody underneath. 
He'd be the only guy on his team that could rebound. I, I I'm just, watching this video just imagining. I'm just watching him imagining I'm watching him today looking like this. It would it's it's ridiculous. Well, if he looked like that, he's like two hand kid who, pinning layup attempts on the glass. Oh my god! Like this Mobley guy, everyone in NBA circles, you just watch him. He's clearly an elite prospect. I don't think he holds a candle to what I just witnessed in that video against BYU. Now, well, part just, of the BYU, the the lore of the video is the coach, I guess, it was either the first round or the second round, had told the media, our game plan is to take it at the big fella. That was part of it. So, like, I think Shaq, like, you're going to take it at me? And he had 15 blocks in the in the game. And it's not just, like, random white guys. I mean, all those guys are, like, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, going at him, right? I mean, he's destroying them. Well, he's swatting the ball. Like, he's not blocking it's, shots. He's hitting, he's hitting the ball. Very you think hard. He's a top five prospect any sport ever. Seven feet to be able to move like that, that strong, that thick. Like, when's yeah. there ever been a human that looked like that in any sport? No, I mean, in a, definitely in that sport. I think, you know, people act like LeBron James, the greatest prospect. I, I might argue Shaq's better just because, I mean, seven foot one. I'm not saying their career. Obviously, LeBron's had a better Oof. career. I'm just saying coming out of coming to the draft, like that's. I don't think we've ever seen anything like that. Like we have seen great wing guys. Now LeBron exceeded expectations. We were just watching that. Like you said, you know he's seven one. Well, he can junk. It's like that's in the league was so big back then. Like he's, whatever a perfect grade was in an NBA scouting grading scale, he. I don't see how he wouldn't have got a perfect. Yeah, he's a he's a more unique. Definitely prospect than LeBron was in terms of just physical traits. There are going to be more six like nine guys that are thick. I'm not saying they're going to be as good as LeBron. Have we even come close to seeing anything like him? To LeBron or Shaq? Shaq. No. no. In my in the peak of my NBA love, I'll never forget watching the Kings and Adelman on this team that was just unreal. Throw Vladi, Weber, Pollard, all these guys at him. And, and they had, I mean, Vladi and fucking Weber were really good. They had, they didn't have a snowball's chance in hell to even begin to slow him down. I remember Chris would like jump on his back and it was just nothing he could do. It was stupid. And Chris was an elite, like all NBA guy. It was, he made him look like it was JV. It was crazy. Part of what Now Shaq LeBron is- does that, but I mean, it's. You don't see bigs usually do that to other bigs consistently for two decades, you know, a decade and a half. You also don't see bigs that look like Shaq that are as like he's cocky like a like a wing player. Like, a, you know, what I mean, like he's he's not self-conscious, like sometimes big guys. It's just it's hard. You're self-conscious. Yeah. It's he's none of that stuff. Especially young ones, like you kind of you see it with Wiseman. Like you're still figuring out how your body moves. Like Shaq just moved like he was like five foot seven. That's what's crazy. His movements look like he's just so comfortable in his skin. I know. Like you said, even Mobley. Every once in a while, you just you know he's just big, trying to feel his way out. Just what normal big guys do. Shaq just moved like he was belonged more than any. That that clip is incredible. I recommend anyone that hasn't seen it just Google Shaq BYU NCAA tournament highlights. All right, that's gotta be a top uh, five like NCAA tournament clip ever. <laughs> that and and like Jimmer. Irony, BYU is probably two of the great tournament highlight clips uh, of all time. 
Okay, never never mind. Gonzaga, best of all time, two-point percentage offense. USC, the best this year. Not of all time. But yeah. still a really good matchup. Do you, have you seen when that, what time that game, when that game is, Tuesday? Uh, well, I'd imagine Monday, Tuesday, there's two games each night. Probably, what do you think, like four and seven? Or, you know, four and 6.30? Something like that. Because they've got to be both. Neither of them are to be during the day, right? Yeah. That'll be... Uh, My, we don't need that information right this second. Yeah. Four o'clock. Yeah, it starts at first game. Start four and s- coverage. Starts at four on Monday. Uh, Pacific and three on Tuesday. Three o'clock Tuesday. But maybe the first so game is at four. The game, Oregon State, Houston's 415. God, I just know my, I can know the way they stagger things. Second game, 657. The, the second game's good. I mean, Arkansas, Baylor, final four. That's a good game, right? Yeah, that is. And do you know, do you see what time the Tuesday games are? Or do you know yet? Which is So which? Oregon State is one win away from the Final Four. It's one of the craziest things I've ever witnessed in sports history. I mean, it's uh, USC, Zag- USC Gonzaga, 415. Same thing. 415, 657. I guess it makes sense. I, I do East Coast th- primetime. I'd rather that be the second game, though. UCLA Michigan's pretty big brand, right? Yeah, it is. That's also a great. Who's game. the biggest fan base out of? I mean, was it Michigan? You know, top probably five, just the amount of people out there that just pay attention. Yeah. Do you think they did this randomly, or may, or was it slotted? Maybe I, that maybe they were slot. slotted. Yeah, it might have been that they were slotted. I don't know though. All right, we'll see you on YouTube on Monday afternoon. Yeah, later, people. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.